Hi, welcome to the Happiness Hive podcast. I'm Catherine Bowyer and I am completely fascinated by people and what motivates them. I've spent the past three and a half decades specialising in mindset and human behaviour and I've helped thousands of people to create happy and amazing lives. And now I am super excited to be chatting with women from around the world who I have secret and to be honest, not so secret crushes on. They're women who inspire me. I'm intrigued as to how they do life and what makes them tick. I want to find out their magic formula that makes them who they are. And at the end of the episode, I'd love for you to say, I'd like a little bit of what she's having. The conversations are real and raw. They're full of passion, inspiration and lots of fun. And nothing is off limits. So grab yourself a cuppa or pop on your trackie and go for a walk and join us for today's chat. There may just be that pearl of wisdom you need to hear. So let's shimmy on over and get started. I am so looking forward to today's podcast with Caitlin Parks. I met Caitlin, like all my guests, it seems like it's forever ago, but I think we've just worked out that it's maybe two and a half years ago. And I met Caitlin through one of the corporate programs that I work on. And Caitlin manages that program. So basically, she's my boss. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, right. And she thought she was getting paid for today. But this has to be purely a, like, it's not a paid partnership. Sorry, Caitlin. <laughs> that. I didn't realise I was volunteering my time. <laughs> yes, you are. You are. I'm sure that was in our contract, in our, in our clause. But Caitlin is an up-and-coming superstar. Her career is on fire, and I just want to know all about Caitlin and what's kind of led her to to being where she's in her career, but also about Caitlin generally. She's just purchased her new her first property with her sister, so she's coming into a very exciting and expensive time, I would say, in your life. Um, and Caitlin is super fun to be around. I just love being in her energy. I've got a special spot in my heart for Caitlin. There's a little bit of a glimmer when I hang out with her that she reminds me of a kind of a newer and improved version of me. So welcome, 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 Caitlin. How are you? Thank you. I'm good. How are you going? I'm so good. I'm so good. And I'm really looking forward to this chat. Like we have lots of chats, but this is one where I've got you focused. <laughs> and <laughs> oh, um, a position I love to be yeah, yes, <laughs> having the spotlight on you. And Caitlin, I would love to just chat with you about, you know, how you do life, but also about your career, because you are a little bit younger than I am. You've had maybe half a Only by a couple of years, <laughs> yes. I would say. Maybe you've had more. Yes, anyway, we'll leave, we'll leave that. <laughs> Let's just put it this way. Caitlin's born, I think, a day after my son. So the age, yeah, the age difference is a little bit, a little bit, but anyway, anyway, anyway. So Caitlin, tell us a little bit about you. What are some of the things, you know, on your journey of life that's brought you to where you are? What's the key (sighs) events in your life? (laughs) That is a very great question that I'm sure I will absolutely unpack over the next half an hour. I think really to me, I almost have two personas. There's work me. Yep. And then there's Caitlin, me, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but they tend to merge because I'm a very, well, I like to hope that I'm a very genuine individual. So sometimes those lines blur, but I guess work wise, I am very fortunate 
enough to be in a job and in a career that I absolutely adore. And I know I'm very, I don't like using the term lucky because I like to think that I've done this or, you know, I've exposed myself to opportunities, but I know I am very fortunate to have almost accidentally fallen into a career that I love. And so that certainly helps. And I guess that is. How did that happen, Caitlin? Mm. Because I love hearing that. I'm, that's almost, um, you know, how I said that I see a bit of me in you. I fell into my career like a hundred years ago and I absolutely love it as well. So how did that happen for you? Really, it came through like when I finished year 12, I had no idea what I wanted to do, but I did know I absolutely did not want to study at university. Yeah. And I was a very passionate year 12 <laughs> student with how much I was centered that idea. So I actually went through a corporate program myself that targeted 18 year olds, really. Yeah. And so I went through that and so happened to fall into a role within human resources, which is where I'm working today. And that was six years ago. And so I started, I mean, federal government and I started as an APS one, which is the, the lowest on the food chain that you can be. <laughs> Entry level, entry level staff. Yeah, entry level staff. But, you know, and I've kind of just worked my way from there. I started off in human resources. I did about 12 months there and then moved into a data role. And that was hilarious because I was terrible at math. I hated Excel spreadsheets. And those were basically the two things I had to do for my pay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was able to navigate my way through that. And I actually turned around and really loved that as well Um, I really liked that I kind of absolutely knew nothing about it because as much as I really like human resources or HR as I call it my mum also works in HR and she's a a senior leader in in that field as well so I really liked that the data all kind of gave me outside viewpoints I suppose you know I grew up with HR speak yeah yeah so that data role was something where I could really almost find my own way I suppose um but eventually I got to the point where I I didn't feel like I was learning anything and that was something that was really important to me morally so I decided to go back into HR and that's where I've been ever since and so I've done quite a few roles and have climbed the corporate ladder so yeah, to speak, yeah, yeah. which I'm very proud of but now I'm a I'm a leader I suppose I'm you are you absolutely are and that's when when we got together, like I've seen in the couple of years that I've known you, that your career has progressed there as well. You're studying at uni now? Are you studying? Yeah. So how so, did that come about? Because you said you categorically didn't want to study at uni. Yeah, I was still very – that only came about recently, about a year and a half ago I started studying. Yeah. I was adamant that I was only going to go back to uni if I wanted to. And I got to the point where I thought it would be really – helpful to go back to uni I kind of I knew that I wanted to work in HR for my career so I kind of linked it back to there but the other thing is I'm also so I'm doing HR and psychology um, I love love it it. psychology part of this degree is is really the reason why I decided to go because it's something that I kind of hold close to my test yeah Um, I'm very passionate about it so I figured I'd do that degree because I could a do something that kind of helps my career a little bit but also I can do it on by terms yeah I really like that Caitlin that it's about that the study has meaning to it that you can what what you said there is that you want to make your career in HR 
and that the study's actually helping you to do that. It's not studying for the, the purpose of studying. And I can now see why you're psychoanalyzing me when I come <laughs> into the building all the time with your psychology. With my one unit I've done so with far. Your one unit, <laughs> yes, yeah. But for me, that's a whole foundation of just why people do what they do and working in HR particularly, so human resources, that's a really, I think that's a really in, important skill, I think, yeah. and knowledge and to be able to embody that. And I'm not sure whether off the top of your head, but what are some of the things, because you have progressed, you're, how old are you, 24? 24, yeah. I'm 24. turning 25 in a couple of weeks. But Yeah, 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 yeah. So 24, and your goal was to get to this leadership role that you're in by your 25th birthday. Yep. So you've smashed that goal maybe 12 months. Yeah. Yeah. So you're 12 months ahead of schedule, overachiever. Love it. I'll be honest. That very much came from I'm a very stubborn individual. And so I actually had a close family friend who did get to this level by 25. So really, I just wanted to be on par with her. Okay. Um, (laughs) I wish I could tell you a really inspirational story about why I was motivated to lead a team I love yeah I love really that. I'm very competitive <laughs> yes. and you know what I do see that I see that you're driven I would say driven maybe maybe competitive but I absolutely see you being very driven but also very like you're you're not whimsical about it you're actually very dedicated to the work that you're doing and you do take it very seriously even Thank though you. there are times that when we're having a bit of a joke and a laugh, it doesn't feel like that. But I know that you take your job very, very seriously, what you're doing. Yeah. And I think as well, I'm in I'm in a role where I'm managing corporate programs. So there's a little part of me that looks out to the me from six years ago. I very much feel like I've come full circle. And that, I think, pulls into my dedication to work and my drive to do a good job and you know, aspects like that. So it, it it's funny because I, you know, kind of how I mentioned about how there's two personas, I, I pour a lot of me into my job. Yes. Which can be a good thing in terms of I feel like I am seen as driven, but I guess on the flip side of that is I'm, I also take things very personally <laughs> when uh, they happen in the workforce. So Tell me more. Like... <laughs> what does it look like? Tell me more. No, no, I think, you know, I do tend to th- take things personally, but I, I just think I care a lot. Yeah. And work is also where I kind of feel most of my, you know, my self-esteem or enjoyment in life as well. So sometimes those two are very interconnected, which can be hard to separate when things go wrong, especially yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, just ignore the phone. Um, I, I ignore that phone. <laughs> yeah, good. Because <laughs> I'm recording. Yes, that uh, I'm like you too about taking things personally sometimes overly sensitive about things, but the the underneath bit for me is because I care so much as well. I'm just going to rewind a little bit that when you talked about your managing corporate programs for the listeners that maybe aren't familiar with government land, you came in when you talked about coming into a program targeted when you started your career for young um, school leavers that's a, a corporate program and you're actually managing those corporate programs. There's a whole range of them that you manage and one of them is for school leavers. So it's nice to be able to, I guess, be able to empathise with the, the school kids that are coming in. And yeah. I, I can 
100% see you doing that with them and that extra bit of love that you give them and sort of take them under your wings, which is awesome, which is really cool. Yep, I try. I also find it really hard because each year when they start, I think, God, was I that little six years ago? <laughs> and so I still remember the first outfit I wore on that day and now I look back and I'm like, oh, you're so embarrassing. <laughs> what was it? What did you wear? What did oh, you wear? I wore just a black shirt with a, uh, a black skirt, sorry, with a white shirt. But it was very like my mom tried to dress. And I, you know, I still hadn't figured out a style, yeah. no idea what to wear. Like, I didn't know what that's to do funny. with my hair. That's funny. <laughs> but you know what? That's all the stuff that I think we we tend to forget about those things. And it's really lovely that you're maybe closer in age to people that you're looking after on those programs because maybe a little bit more relatable yeah. than some of the oldies. Um, can I ask you, Caitlin, have you had to manage anybody that's older than you? Yes, I've had to do that a few times. I think I'm only now managing two people that are younger than me in right. age. Yeah. But I've I actually managed someone in the last few years who ended up retiring while she was in my team. Oh so my much older than me. Yeah. Sorry to them. <laughs> <laughs> and then a few people like who, you know, not not so much older than me that it's like substantial. Yeah. It's still five or so years and I remember I've had a lot of comments about my position and my age, and one of them is quite often, well, you've got to think about what it's going to be like when you're managing someone older than you, and it's just never been a thing for me. Like, I, And I, I know that sounds really blase, but I just think what I've learned, and this is kind of something that I personally believe in, is that age can be such a box that you can yeah. live, and I've felt that coming up, yeah. you know, in, in throughout my career and I'm still getting that to this day like you know in the last month I've had someone comment on my age so really yeah oh, and yeah. it's just something that I'm almost tackling I've learned how to tackle it yeah. kind of head-on which is something that I find that I'm only good at if I have to go through things yes repeatedly. yeah but I think for me I try not to let it affect the way I do things because I think that it just it puts someone in a box and you don't want to assume. Yeah. I don't want to assume what someone's like or what they're capable of or what their motivation is to work based on how long they've been here. So to speak. Oh, Caitlin, I love hearing that because I do a lot of work with women and women at all ages. And there are some young women who find it really challenging. And I think that's more about their view of themselves. They don't feel confident in themselves. And I love hearing that you bring yourself to that leadership role and it's not about you don't see that as a they're, they're yeah. just people they're just people yeah definitely I think yeah. it's it's really hard and not to get very sentimental in yeah. this kind of segue yeah. but yeah. You know, I went through my sister was diagnosed with cancer when I was 15 and she's she's good now like she's cancer free which is really great but that was seven or eight years ago or whenever it was, and it has really shaped me as an individual. So by the time I started in the workforce, I'd gone through about two and a half years of my sister having like a very serious yeah. illness. And I found that even from day one, people look at you and you're 18, which don't get me wrong, <laughs> sometimes I look at these kids now and I'm like, wow, I was that little. Yeah. But, but I found it really challenging because people put me in a box. I was 18, yeah. you know, I worked with a lot of people where I was their son's 
or daughters or, you know, their kind of age. But I had gone through something that most adults never go through in their entire life. And so that was something that I very much learned very quickly is like, I didn't like, I didn't like that. So I made a commitment to be like, if I ever had to manage someone, I would never make them feel like that or I would do my best not to. Oh, Caitlin, that's beautiful that from your lived experience, you've been able to bring that into your work life. And when you were saying that there's the two personas, so we've heard about the work, Caitlin, and there's some really cool things there. Tell us about the non-work, Caitlin. So what was that like? So your sister, is she younger than you? Yeah, so three years younger. So my poor sister, she was 12 when she was first diagnosed. She is an incredible human being. And if I ever said that to her, she would be like, ugh, lame. (laughs) Which as little sister. We'll play this to her. We'll play it to her. Yeah, no, she's incredible. But I think, you know, looking back, it was tricky. You know, like our life was literally turned upside down on a Friday night. And I remember being at work and at the time I was working at a fast food restaurant chain. So very exciting (laughs) stuff. I used to think I ran that place too. I could imagine, I could imagine (laughs) that you did run that place. But um, I remember my manager coming to me and telling me there was a family emergency. Even then I like pressured him to tell me what was going on, even though I was like 15 years old. The poor thing had no idea what to say. (laughs) So sorry. But no, I think, you know, I, I learned a lot, you know, I, I'm very open with how I talk about it because people don't expect to hear it in detail, I suppose, but I, I'm just very honest, so to speak. So kind of what that was like for me is, you know, I was in year 10 when my sister first got sick, which is, you know, everyone hypes it up in terms of being like, it's the final years of school. You're growing into an adult. And I had no idea what to do with myself. And my sister was getting treatment regularly and I was, you know, commuting between Canberra and, Sydney, still working my casual job because I'm a nightmare (laughs) and just trying to figure out what my life looked like. You know, everyone my age, you know, they were getting ready for college, they were working, they had social lives and everything like that. And I spent my weekend in hospital wards. And then equally, when I was in year 11, we ended up, my sister relapsed. Okay. Um, which means that her cancer came back yeah. and she had leukemia. So the type of leukemia that she had when you relapse, the odds of living are phenomenally lower than oh, when you're diagnosed. Okay. So yeah. my parents made the decision to move my little brother and I up to Sydney. And it's funny because I forget how young my brother was, but he was six. Oh, goodness. When I was six years old. He started kindergarten that year and um, then we moved up to Sydney. Oh, so yeah. he started in Canberra, then moved to Sydney. Yeah. 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 So we both did. So like, I think as well, it was just a huge reset in every aspect of our life. But I am very grateful, not that my sister got sick, but I think it's very much made me who I am today. And I think that that determination that I had to see through the other side of my sister's illness has very much bled into my work persona, so to speak, as well. And I find that that can be a good thing, but also a bad thing. But it's definitely shaped who I am as an individual. And I would probably say that there's that it's helped to shape you, but you probably had that strength and resilience that was strengthened through that experience as well. You yeah. know, that little bit of was it there before or did it happen from the event? You know, it's, I, I think it's a bit of both, but it certainly sounds like 
there is a lot of strength there in in you and your family like mm. and, and a lot of that love and I know you your family's very very tight it's, yeah. a, um, it's a really tight unit and that probably you know an experience where you have a child a sibling who is faced with a life-threatening illness that that really I could imagine puts into perspective what's important in life yeah definitely and I think really like I only feel like I've almost come back on track in terms of my life I suppose yeah because naturally I I grew up very quickly you know the when my sister relapsed I was basically the primary care for my brother because my mum was in hospital all the time and my dad didn't cope as well and so you know by the time I came back to Canberra and my sister was recovering I was you know in year 12 by that point and I didn't care about anyone my age I didn't care about school like I didn't go to formal I didn't go to the graduation none of that stuff mattered to me and though I don't regret the choices that I made I know it it very much separated me from my cohort so to speak yes but so I've always felt a little bit older yeah. than I am, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but in a good way. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I can see that the experience has led to all of those things that because it really is what's important. So the family and yeah. being there with your, you know, as a support for your family and your sister, that all those things that, you know, had that not happened, you know, that, that might have been a different, you know, in, importance for you. So it really puts things into perspective, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I remember, you know, as you mentioned earlier, my family, we're very, we're very close. And yeah. I think we've always been close, but we've definitely kind of soldiered on through yes. this kind of trauma yeah. Yeah. as a unit. But it's been hard, I suppose. You know, I had a, a few years where I didn't talk to my brother. We didn't get along. It was like we'd spent so much time together and then we yeah. went away from me. Yeah. And so I've had to rebuild that relationship, you know. But on the other hand, my mum was such a support network for me during that time that I want to do anything that I can to make sure I can repay her. Yeah. Even though she says things like, I'm your mum, that's my job kind yeah. of thing. Or I think she doesn't see the impact it made. I remember what, there was one day where she broke me out of school just so we could go shopping at a Westfield. Like, oh, how cool. And, you know, and I always bring that up to her because it was just like I was having a shocking day and it was yeah. something I didn't know I needed. And she's like, yeah, but I'm your mum kind of thing. And yeah. so she doesn't see the impact. So I think that's the other thing I've taken away from this. I want to be that for someone else, whether it's my family or at work, like I think I'm, I'm very grateful for the network that I had in those times. Yeah. So I always hope I'm someone that can pay that back as well. Oh, Caitlin, I love that so much that um, I hope my kids are listening. To, um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and do you know what? As mums, we do do those things to that. That is our job. But I think for for your mum, that that's beautiful for her to know the impact that she's had um, and how appreciative you are of her which is beautiful and I love Caitlin I love hearing and it's almost like when you were talking about your first job and and talking about the experience of your sister's illness and you it's just about wanting to give back like I can just see and and I know this because we we hang out a lot but just that 
real heart-centered person that you are and that that kindness and real being of service for others through your experience knowing what it was like having somebody there or having a range of people there for you is just do you know what I see because I do a lot of work in that leadership space and some people just do it for a job because they get a paycheck at the end of the day and they have what I call golden handcuffs <laughs> that they're you know they're they're getting paid really good money but they feel that they're they're handcuffed to a job that they don't love and mm. what I've heard is that you love your job you're it's a real being of service to others and it's I, I'm not sure if I'm correct in saying this but there's that passion that you have there about, yeah yeah definitely that is definitely and I think that's you know perhaps it's something I've learned on the way I don't want to waste my time so to speak being trapped in a situation yeah. like that yeah and you know the other thing that I think about my job is you know it also enables me to do things with my family as yes. well so yeah, yeah. I know you mentioned in the intro but um my sister and I just bought a house yes, that's very um, exciting it, it, it is. We're so we're so happy, and I know that my job enables us to do that. But also, my sister equally contributed as well, and yes. so it, it was a cool moment for us to, you know, we're we're two different people who have had you know different, you know, life experiences, even though we're in a unit. But we were able to you know equally contribute to this huge goal, so to speak, and so that's been really good as well. Because that I could imagine for some people living with siblings could not it might not end very well but it sounds like that that's a good arrangement yeah um I think you know we're we're quite close I think you know my favorite story and we laugh about it now but I was mortified for years but the week before my sister was diagnosed we had this massive fight oh, I have okay. no idea what it's about to say but I remember being like I'm gonna divorce you <laughs> and then the next weekend she went and got cancer so I think oh. she won that one but you know I think after that We've just kind of realised that literally nothing can stop us. Yes. But equally, uh, you know, our schedules are, I think I only see her on the weekends because she's a chef. So she works till really late at night. So there's absolutely no time for us to bigger. Actually, that's a good good arrangement, isn't it? Does she cook for you or not? She's probably tired of doing that by the time she gets home. Cooks for me on the weekend. So on the weekend, she made me a slow-cooked pork nice. and that was a good moment for me where I felt like I had made it oh, oh <laughs> yes you take credit that's my kind of cooking yeah kind of cooking anything slow cooker that doesn't need very much preparation and it's got very clear instructions is my I, I missed out on that I missed out on that domestic gene growing up I did not get that at all. Yeah, she got that I feel like I um I can say I got the drive like yes, to say I got the yes. beauty <laughs> for yes. those listening, I'm rolling my eyes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll um, just tell no. them that we've both got the beauty gene. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I couldn't have it all. <laughs> <laughs> tell me what fills your cup? What, what makes you happy and light up? People. I've yeah. got a very complicated answer, actually, because I do say people. So yeah, yeah. You know, my network, yeah. friends, family, yeah. work. Yeah. But equally what I've learned in the last kind of six to 12 months is 
I fill my cup up. So like oh, I, oh, I, I got goosebumps. I got goosebumps. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. I, I just think as well, like, you know, I, I don't get me wrong. Sometimes all I need is to sit and have a wine with someone like you, Catherine, yeah. or with, the, you know, one of my other close friends. But I think I've learned that it's okay to recognize that sometimes you need to just step away and sit in bed or do an activity. I'm really into crochet at the moment and by that I mean I'm trying to teach myself yeah same yeah we should do a club um (laughs) um, but I I think as well like I I used to think that that was a bad trait I suppose in terms of I used to see it as isolating myself from the world but I think really sometimes you just need your own space to reset and you're allowed to give yourself permission to do that yes oh Caitlin I love hearing that because so many people don't do that and that they then they're not comfortable with themselves and it's almost like they do whatever they can to not be with themselves Um, (laughs) and I think for you to to get that at a young age like I'm just so happy because there's a lot of women myself included that it's taken a long time to feel comfortable with with who I am so that's lovely I really love hearing that I love. I knew you were an improved version of. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just reading the lines you said earlier. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, those (laughs) notes I sent you. So, what's next? What's next for you? Well, I don't know. I got asked just the other day. Actually, I was doing a university assignment, and then I just made up some lines because I had no (laughs) idea what to write. But I think for me, my position at the moment with work is I've just, I've just built a fairly new team yeah so I'm excited to kind of settle in with them and and see what makes them tick and to challenge them and to support them and whatnot you know I think for me personally I'm just gonna I just feel like I'm on a bit of a wave at the moment I'm just cruising and I think I'll just do that you know my sister and I just moved out of home I'm still learning that you have to do your own washing and you know the fairies don't do it for you learning to be a grown-up yeah exactly Mm. But, you know, kind of going on to what I was saying before about what makes my cup full is I'm very much learning about who I am and what I want to do and who I want to be. And so I think that's my goal for this year is to just unpack that a little bit more. Yeah. Do you like who you are? Yes. I think there's definitely aspects of me that I would roll my eyes out, but I've, I've learned very recently that I'm not as bad as I make myself by oh my gosh, <laughs> with my own internal thinking. And, and you know, like I'll, I'll skim over it, but, you know, since my sister got sick, I've struggled with depression and anxiety and sleeping disorders and, you know, all of that, that. And I used to think it was something that I had those things because I wasn't coping well enough. Yeah. And so really I've just, you know, I just feel like I, I I've just ha- had enough time with me yeah. that I've been able to recognise it and acknowledge yeah. it. I don't think, yeah. you know, some people say that they accept these things, yeah. but I think for me that just implies that one day you wake up and you're like, yeah, I'm just going to be, <laughs> I'm going to be fine. But I think for me a long time I used to hide away from that kind of stuff, yeah. not because I was ashamed, but I just didn't want to deal with it. Yeah. But now I kind of, I see it as a very good part of me and I, I'm trying to harness it in a way that's not so negatively impacting my life. So, like, for an example, I use, you know, I 
my anxiety is quite you know relevant in my day-to-day and I used to find that really debilitating in terms of worrying what people thought of me you know what I looked like when I went out in public and though that's still there I try to think of it in a way in terms of being like right well if I if I'm anxious over a piece of work I'm going to go through it again and then make it better and then you know the end product is something that I'm ultimately proud of so to speak or sometimes when I'm at home and I find I get that anxious feeling I'm like I'm gonna vacuum a room (laughs) (laughs) and try to get that nervous energy out so I think really I've just figured out how to do these little small things so it's hard because it's like I don't like that I'm anxious or that I get you know depression or anything like that but also it's kind of making up who I am so I'm learning to love that part of her as well Oh, gosh, Caitlin, there's so many bits that we can unpack. And I think what you've just said there about all the aspects of you and not wanting to deny them because they're part of who you are. And I think in my growing up, um, there was parts that I just denied and I just thought that they were, I didn't like, I didn't, uh, I was very critical about just that whole hating on myself and it's you know it's taken me a lot of years and I think it's probably only in recent years that I can really say that I like who I am and you know I really love who I am but there's no way you know I remember the 24 year old me that there was stuff going on for her that I wish I knew what I know now and I love (laughs) seeing and and being around you because you're you're getting to know you as well and I think that's just a beautiful place to be and regardless of you know the age that we're at that I think is just such a gift to be who we are to acknowledge who we are and one of the things that I've really shifted in my life is changing the language I used to even refer to you know all the shit that went on in my life and I don't now, there's stuff that happened in my life and, you know, I really honour that because that's made me who I am. And just by even shifting the narrative around the stories I tell myself has really helped me to embody who I am. And, I mean, you and I both know that we're we're great. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but you know what, there's parts I don't get it right all the time. I don't get it a lot of times that like, there's lots and lots of times, but I'm not as harsh on myself as I had been in the past. So Yeah, definitely. And I, I very much associate myself with that in terms of moving that mindset to honouring yes. your past yes. kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. And and I'm the same, you know, like I very much fluctuate in terms of how I look at myself and I go through weeks where I can't stand <laughs> how I'm dressing or yeah. the way my hair is. And, yeah. and you know, and I do pick on these things, so to speak, but yeah. I'm trying to to re almost retrain that part of my brain. Yeah. yeah. But also acknowledge that I'm at a point in my life where I can do it, but others but others aren't. And so how do you still, you know, don't halt yourself on your progression? Yeah. but still stay there with someone to support them as well as something I'm very passionate about as well. Yeah, that sounds, oh, gosh, that just sounds lovely. I think we might need to revisit this at um, <laughs> some stage, Caitlin. Any last little pearls of wisdom for people who are, um, especially young women who are on their journey of life? Any parting um, bits of? I think, you know, only only you know where you're at. 
only you know who you are, who you are not. Don't, you know, you're on your journey, so to speak. You're on a train heading in a direction. Don't let others who are sitting on the sideline stop that progression. And whether that's them, you know, telling you you can't do it or telling you to do something else that you don't want to, don't let other people who are, you know, a, a side character in your movie stop you from getting towards your goals. Oh, love it, Caitlin. That's one of my mottos in life is just to be comfortable and confident to be who you want to be and live life the way that you want to live life. So thank you so much for our time together. Thank Um, you for having me. Yeah, I've just really enjoyed that. And I think we could probably fill up at least another 100 episodes together. (laughs) So love to you. That's a wrap. And so many beautiful lovely things there so hugs and happiness gorgeous thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed the episode you can spread the love by sharing it with a friend so she can have a little bit of what we had today and don't forget to rate and review so we can get it into as many hearts and ears as possible you can keep the conversation going on my happiness hive socials and if you'd like some more high vibe happiness in your life Come and join me in our community of inspired and motivated women at the Happiness Lounge. This is my online membership club and your central hub for everything you will need to be truly happy and bounce out of bed every day living and loving your best and most beautiful life. To find out more, pop over to the Happiness Hive website and click on the link working with Catherine. Until next time, big hugs and happiness.